Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Hey Jeff, what's the magic bullet for losing weight? I think I read this on the internet somewhere. Is it buy low and sell high? I think that's exactly it. Today's show, we're talking about Noom, an app-based diet plan. Yeah, so as Jeff said, Noom is a, a mobile app that helps you lose weight. So their niche is to focus on behavioral psychology behind why you are eating and why you're making decisions to have the diet that you have, um, and really with the goal to make a permanent healthy change to your, to your lifestyle. Um, we know that you know tons of people are always looking to to lose weight, especially at the beginning of every new year. Mm-hmm. It's January timeframe right now. So um, I actually signed up for Noom recently over the past uh, month and I've been using oh, nice. it for the past four or four and a half weeks. So um, excited to dive into this and you know talk about the features and explain it. So I can talk about the in-app experience. So I say that they've dove into the behavioral psychology. So the way that the app is framed is it's a course that you're taking. Mm-hmm. So they've gamified the whole experience. So every single day at a certain set time that you've set up, you take a uh, 10-minute mini structure course where you're just flipping through on your phone, reading about the psychology of behind specific things. Hmm. Um, and occasionally, you actually get quizzes on like what you learned previously. Um, and so the goal there is to just get into the habit of, you know, every, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, you're looking through and you're doing your Noom and you're progressing through this course. And they have these like fun little cartoons and also like uh, a feature where you can check your progress around the course. So you can see like step one, step two, step three, and they, ah. they have it like Noom 101, Noom 102. Uh, it's actually really interesting um, and, and very engaging as well, where um, a lot of the things that I've looked at in the past for, you know, different diets or different exercise plans that I've worked on, uh, it kind of helps me think, kind of like abstract myself out of myself and like look at Mike the machine of like, hey, like why have I been, mm. why have I been making all these decisions? Um, and really just understanding like the, uh, the human psychology behind it. So, so that's been, that's been really interesting. And then some other features within the app, um, there's meal tracking. So you're encouraged to set a calorie budget and then track your meals. Um, and they give you healthy eating tips as well. So, uh, something that I found interesting is they actually color coded your food, um, huh. red, red, yellow, green. And their thesis behind the weight loss is, hey, you can eat what you want, but just be super cognizant of what you're putting into your body. And really with the lens of caloric density. So Mm -hmm. think of like a a watermelon is, it's a a low density from a a caloric density food. If you think of it's just all water, it's mostly water, you know, that's what a watermelon is um, versus something like oil that's super dense. And so like oil in a noom scale would be like a red food because you want to, you want to avoid that. So the difference there would be like French fries would be obviously a red food, but a whole baked potato is is going to be a yellowish food because it's going to just keep you fuller longer. It's mm-hmm. taking up more space in your stomach. Yeah. Um, other features that Noom has within the app is one-on-one coaching, which I've found actually very interesting where you can actually, uh, and I actually didn't know this feature um, when I first downloaded the app that you could actually, you know, text with someone and they're going to coach you and say, hey, like, you know, did you do like X, Y, and Z that you said you were going to do? And it's nice to have that to to follow up. Um, and there's also group coaching. So I'm like, three, three and a half weeks in. And I think that in week two, they opened it up to a group course where you're paired with 50, five, zero other people where all of you are just in this little community and you have a, a coach that kind of starts at, to foster the the community um, around, cool. you know, everyone's on this common goal yeah. um, to, to, you know, all lose weight. And I think one of my favorite things about 
taking the Noom course so far is that one of the first things that you do is like really nail down of why are you trying to lose weight mm. and just keep asking that question of why, 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 why kind of like a four, a four year old where you're yeah. just like, you're like I, I don't know, but like it really gets to the core of like, Hey, like why do you actually want to do this and, and make this change? Um, and then also like trying to find some lasting motivation and mm-hmm. nothing that's really just um, like ethereal, something that's going to be permanent. So mm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, definitely been enjoying my experience so far in terms of Noom's business model. So Noom charges a fixed fee for access to their app and their coursework. Um, it's about $150 for, for a six month subscription. Um, and so, it, yeah, it, it's interesting. Unlike most apps where you're going to pay one upfront fee, um, for a six month, I think they offer a, like a two week trial or a one week trial that you can, uh, <laughs> dip your toes into the water in terms of if it's effective or not. I know that they've started to publish some research studies, um, with different journals and medical journals, and one of the studies that I saw is that 64% of the people that actually completed Noom's diabetes prevention program ended up losing at least 5% of their body weight. Oh, so wow. um, they are driving some results um, that are positive. So I think net uh, net, it's definitely definitely going well. Yeah, that's awesome. I think my wife is trying Noom. It's pretty rare that um, she tries out a new tech product before me. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, personally, well, you, it's cause you didn't gift her a Peloton, like the commercial. I know I should have, I, I probably would have gotten golden opportunity there too. <laughs> plus a Noom subscription. That would have been a <laughs> free night on the couch. Um, yeah, I think for me, I've personally tried a ton of different diets and I won't call them all fad diets, but like different methodologies. Um, I have tried, I remember I tried paleo in college one time. Have you ever tried paleo? Paleo sucks. Like it's like the worst <laughs> diet ever i i have not i i've, I've tried keto before um yeah i've tried and that keto. was super that was super tough like i just i love food man you you and i both love food like you got a sous vide and then i'm like jeff can't get a sous vide and i have a sous vide and i can't have one so like i, I bought one soon after so it, that's the tough part about me and that's why i've liked this course so far is where it focuses on like you know red yellow green and like yeah, yeah. how are we doing with density of food yeah i think in general the core i like i've tried like i mentioned i've tried paleo i've tried keto um, I've tried if it fits your macros, which is more calorie tracking. Um, I've heard of this thing called uh, intuitive eating, which is you know a lot of experience based. Um, so yeah, a lot of it, at the end of the day, I think most of it comes down to caloric intake and burn. So like in versus mm-hmm. out, uh, totally. which you can move a lot of that stuff uh, based on activity levels. And then the second thing is adherence. So yes, it for works sure. for everybody. Uh, but how long can you stick with it? So the reason why keto works really well for a lot of people is it's not a magic pill per se, but you're swapping out carbs for fats. Um, and because you just can't eat that many fats without feeling, without like challenge accepted, do you feel satisfied? Right? Uh, like it's easier to feel satisfied when you eat higher levels of protein and fats than you can just eating carbs. That's why you can eat a ton of French fries that's why you can eat a ton of candy without feeling the impact of it, uh, potato chips, stuff like that, whereas fats are a little bit more filling, and so is protein. So um, you're just kind of trading one source for another, uh, and and you feel, like, satiated. Uh, things like if it fits your macros is the more, I guess, like, basic level where you, you're just tracking ins and outs, um, but it doesn't necessarily tell you that you can and can't eat more or less fats. It's just saying, like, hey, tweak it to this, like, caloric mm-hmm. intake or output. 
uh, and, and just kind of fit in what you can and figure out what works for you. For me in general, like I find that eating vegetables and more filling foods helps me feel more satiated. Um, proteins help me feel more satiated. But at the end of the day, there's never been anything that's gamified that, right? Like I had to figure it out on my own. Totally. Uh, which I'm glad that Noom has done. Uh, and it makes it a lot easier for people to just kind of figure out and try, you know, what works best for them. I think too, just sim- like simplifying it, like it's so complex, like, but at the end of the day, it's just like exactly what you said is like calories in versus calories out. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you burning versus what are you eating? And I think it boils down to to that, but folks need to understand like the need some simple rules like hey mm-hmm. like this is a, a calorically dense food or it's yeah. not like how much water is in it um you know what's gonna keep me full for longer is like a handful of almonds better than you know uh, a candy bar like yeah exactly so i think what's most importantly is adherence like if exactly if you pick a program that works for you and you feel like you feel good on it you feel like you're making progress and you know you can stick to it for the long term uh like that matters honestly more than if the program is like a five week like lose as many pounds as possible program because that's just not sustainable (laughs) for a lot of people and so that's why i just end up telling people like pick whatever you you feel like works best for you for a long period of time totally i tried i know i tried like slow carb for a while it's tim ferris's diet and what i liked about that is like it's it's kind of like keto where like the whole thing is like you want to be in ketosis Mm -hmm. um for for most of the week and then you get one cheat day where it's like um, it, like Tim Ferriss's slow carb diet was like super simple where it's a, basically eat as much as you want, as long as it doesn't have carbs <laughs> is essentially yeah. what it huh. boiled down to. Yeah. Cause like you just get to a point where you can't yeah. f- like physically consume anymore. Right. You just but what I liked too to, full. Yeah. Totally. But what I liked about that is like every Saturday you got a cheat day. Mm-hmm. So you got to just eat whatever you want to, to yeah. just tame that inner, um, inner beast. But I think I'm just out of balance all the time with just like, you know, trying something a hundred percent rather than just making it sustainable. So right. this is like my attempt and I'm recording it now publicly, my attempt <laughs> at, you know, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So. Here's your um here's your accountability, right? For all our podcast listeners to check back out with Mike and see if it's working for him. But uh yeah, like I, I love the idea. You know, I definitely think that gamifying the weight loss, I guess, challenge is is something super interesting. And I wonder why people haven't done it for other things like weight training. I think People have in some way, like they put together programs and it's fun to like break your PRs and stuff like that. But I never have really seen anything gamifying weight training. I have seen it more on like Fitbits for walking mm-hmm. and like raising, you know, normal TDEE, but nothing specifically along the lines of like building strength per se. But yeah, super interesting business model. I think, you know, gamifying anything is, especially for habitual type things like weight loss is um, a really good idea. Let's talk about who the faces are behind Noom and who built the product. Um, it's founded by two guys, uh, Seju Jong and um, Artem Petakov. And originally the company was founded in 2008, but the app was officially launched in 2016. To give a little bit of a, I guess, a color background behind the, some of the founders, Jong was born into a medical family. And people usually say that, and it's usually, oh, my mom and dad were doctors or my, you know, one was a nurse, one was a doctor. <laughs> He's born into a medical family of 29 medical doctors. I That's think, literally um, the family business. It's literally Holy the family cow. business. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, at least in his family, everybody was a doctor. I think they said uh, in his biography or something, their family had founded the local general hospital. So like they were the medical family. Zhang's father, who was a doctor, I think on his deathbed was telling him how difficult it was for doctors to actually help patients. Like once they're sick, like that's the time that they can help them. But really people should be taking care of themselves way before they get to the point of being sick. 
I was curious to see if Jong himself was a doctor, but he wasn't. He was quote unquote the black sheep and he had studied like Ooh. electrical engineering, which is still like a really good major. <laughs> exactly. What a disappointment. Medical doctors and your electrical Especially engineer. Especially with, I'm Asian and you're, you're Asian as well, Mike, uh, at least to some extent. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and so I'll take my 50% to the bank. Thank and you. so, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like the typical Asian stereotype of like, you're not a doctor. At least it was an engineer. So um <laughs> for sure that, that's like the that's table stakes like if if like our like grandmothers got together and they were talking it's like oh like yeah they're not doctors they're, they're engineers. just engineers yeah <laughs> exactly uh, unfortunately but then they but then they went into product management they don't know what that means so right. it's probably a disappointment yeah yeah like do you make any money doing any of that um petakov who was the other co-founder was actually a google engineer uh prior to joining or i guess co-founding noom uh, he studied computer science and psychology at Princeton. It's you know pretty interesting that it was that mix. And in this case, it was an app that has a lot of psychology background around gamification. Uh, and Jong actually convinced him to quit his job and help him build Noom. They actually, the way that they had met was at, actually at Jong's cousin's wedding. So it's kind of a weird like founder meeting story. Uh, and they had met there and, you know, again, built this friendship and developed this company. Um, the name Noom is actually, was chosen because it's the word moon backwards. The moon is you know, seen as something that's calm and wise, uh, but also it's easy to pronounce in many languages. So for uh, sure, especially because, you know, Jong is from a Korean background. Um, I'm not sure what, uh, what background Petakov is from, uh, but, you know, and then there's also, they're, you know, built in the U S but they have, you know, English speaking users. So, you know, it's a very easy to pronounce name. And so it's kind of smart that they pick something like that one syllable totally. to pronounce for everybody. And even like within the app, like we call ourselves like numers. So mm, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. Like, um, and it's, I think they, they definitely hit like a gold mine from a branding and trademark perspective right. because it's like, it's a new word that doesn't mean anything. And like, it's, it's an empty vessel. Like yeah. you can fit, put whatever you want to into yeah. that name and it's going to become now, now it's Noom. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah. It's, it's recognizable. You know, people kind of question about, you know, what does this mean? What is the name? Um, and, and the connotations behind it. Um, something that's interesting is that Noom was the first virtual health provider and mobile diabetes prevention program certified by the CDC. So there's obviously some validity behind it and some really big players in the health space that have confirmed that Noom has done some good. And I think you mentioned earlier that there's uh, obviously some success with the people that are in that diabetes prevention program uh, losing a, a specific amount or at least a 5% of their body weight. So there's certainly some success behind that program. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Noom is in the final stages of VC funding from the article that I read in 2020. Uh, and they had raised about $115 million since inception, which isn't that much uh, for... Um, a startup and it's actually kind of pennies compared to some of the other companies but <laughs> i was gonna say that, that 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 feels like a lot of money but i know that um one of our episodes that is is we work who raised uh like 40 billion right. with the bees yeah. so i think our, our scale is all off yeah totally and so um yeah jeff had a really good point with like the cdc funding and you know our CDC verification by their programs and also just raising, you know, $115 million. I mean, it's a, it's a huge customer segment mm -hmm. that they're, that they're going after. Um, the CDC reported in 2017 that, you know, just under half of U.S. adults tried to lose weight over the 12 months. Specifically, it was 49.1% of U.S. adults. Mm -hmm. So definitely a significant portion of the U.S. population. So if you're thinking about like who is Noom for, it's like it's those it's half of Americans that are yeah. looking to lose mate, looking to lose weight. Um, if you like segment that population a little bit further, 57% uh, of that CDC research report uh, were female. So definitely skews more heavily towards females looking to, to lose weight. And overall, these numbers are, are rising. So um, 
a decade before in 2008, when the CDC did this similar, a similar research report, they found that it was only 43% mm. of US adults had tried to lose weight. So um, definitely growing. I mean, over 10 years to have 6% population growth, that's massive. Um, it's millions and millions of people that are looking to lose weight. Um, this research found that the three most common ways to lose weight were it's either exercising, eating less food, or consuming more healthy foods. It's interesting because Noom definitely hits on on all of those those aspects. So you can kind of pick your own path, choose your own adventure for how you're going to take your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like setting the stage for who the customer segment is, um, the U.S. Is definitely has a rising obesity problem. And I know it's not just the U.S., but it's, it's all over the, the world. Um, but 40, 40% of U.S. adults are obese, which is definitely eye-opening and staggering. Um, so Noom is definitely doing something that will hopefully address this. So I'm, I'm glad that they're there. So if we talk a little bit about like Noom's customers and who they're going after. So Noom doesn't publish their user data or how many customers are currently using the app, but um, estimates pin that their user base is roughly 45 million users worldwide, uh, which is definitely massive. Um, I don't know like how many of those are actually paying members or just people that have taken the free trial, but that's a pretty big funnel to start to monetize, especially if you're looking at $150 a pop. Um, Noom, it says, that the the range of ages uh, that are participating in the app are from 18 years old to 60 years old, but they find that the majority of their customers are within the 40 to 59 year old. So huh. if I had to just you know cut that data and like look for who who Noom is for, um, it's that a little bit older like segment. You probably have some yeah, middle age, some kids, middle aged, exactly. And I think we see that just if you look at. It's always interesting doing like a customer segmentation um, analysis. You can kind of look at what's on the TV. That feels like middle-aged folks. Mm. And so I've been seeing a lot more Noom ads, um, especially on like uh, like football. Like I know like Noom was running some uh, specific ads and like, hey, how do, this is how you lose weight and, and keep it off. So mm. I, I think that's interesting like proxy for, hey, like how do I know who the segments are is just look at where they're advertising. Um, and so Noom's ads for the mass market were on, um, yeah, hitting those like late middle-aged folks on Super Bowl ads and apparently me as well I guess it, I, I guess I guess it works because I signed up yeah I, I was, so was, was Karen watching NFL football I don't well? know <laughs> I know that she did start at the new year um, which you know I think I read somewhere that Noom did mention that a lot of their users do come on you know cyclically um, or there's some seasonality to who comes on and um, mostly because you know people look for new apps and new ways to lose weight at the beginning of the new year I think it's pretty staggering to see that there's 40 um nine percent of the u.s adults trying to lose weight i wonder if most of it if i'm looking at it from a root cause perspective is it because there's a large percentage of people that are obese or does the u.s have a body dysmorphia problem like you know are people actually needing to lose weight or is it just people think that oh i'm a little bit pudgy like i need to lose weight like but i'm healthy i'm sure it's a little bit of both but i'm only posing this as kind of a counter argument because you're seeing a lot of other brands and companies start to accept other types of other body types as as normal and healthy so i'm wondering if a lot of it has to do with people seeing themselves as overweight even if they may or may not be definitely and i think that even though these brands are i think it's just like a there's so much critical mass of folks that have body dysmorphia because of just like years and years and years and years and years of like just subliminal messaging yeah, via totally. like, mm-hmm. like ads that Lose you've weight seen. Now. Yeah. And you see exactly. like six packs and yeah, everyone <laughs> in bikinis and like everyone's a, a bodybuilder and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And definitely like brands are like, you know, 
uh, and kudos to the brands that are embracing the different types of body types. Um, I even love like when it's like male body types where it's not just like a, a six pack and like 35 inch Arnold Schwarzenegger biceps and calves and all that, you know, it's, uh, I, I definitely appreciate that. But I think at the end of the day though, I mean, Instagram is such a huge hook onto people and social media in general that it's just, it's still ingrained, you know, even though these yeah. brands are moving towards that, it's like what people are seeing that's photoshopped or if it, even if it's real like it's crazy because it's just consistent and you're just seeing these quote-unquote beautiful people it's like you're just a normie you yeah know? it's like except for the dad bod craze right like there was a, <laughs> there was a time in in place where like i mean it may be even still so where the dad bod time meme, to shine yeah became like really popular and people were like yeah this is actually like i like this more than this <laughs> like i like dad bods more than these like super chiseled ripped men from men's magazine that are like fairy tale unattainable people uh i'd rather like this instead like kind of fluffy <laughs> you know these like like me and you i think <laughs> like that people that like to eat like like to cook for sure and, um you know are just like we know our way around the kitchen and we can lift some weights occasionally yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly um but yeah, like I want to talk about some of the other players in this space a bit. I've actually used like MyFitnessPal for a long, long time, like ever since college when I first discovered MyFitnessPal, uh, mostly for calorie tracking and just really just getting a sense for like understanding what goes in my body. And, you know, at that time, I didn't realize that certain foods were like really bad for you or like if I ate these foods, I realized that I didn't have room to eat more satiating foods or foods that um, were less calorically dense that could fill you up, you know, for example, like vegetables. It's not necessarily that I love eating vegetables, but finding a way to eat more vegetables in my diet helped me feel fuller and allowed me to eat other things like ice cream, you know, more often and figuring For out sure. those trade-offs. Um, other apps like Lose It, you know, that are, are also like calorie tracking apps. There's programs uh, like Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig that have been around for a long, long time. Yeah, I feel like those are the staples. I'm just picturing folks in the 80s, you know, with their like headbands on. Yeah, like. I'm shocked that Jenny Craig is still around, honestly. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it seems like, a dying brand or breed um weight watchers like in some ways sounds like noom like they kind of have like a point system or point scale like obviously mm -hmm. noom has made it simpler but i know weight watchers is around this point system and uh just like simplifying caloric counting basically totally and i think the th weight watchers like differentiated them for so long was the community mm, yeah. where it's like you became part of the weight watchers community mm. and noom's community doesn't feel quite as sticky because it's just it's all digital yeah, and, and it's just like an anonymous. App. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I, you know, I think a lot of people in the early days of Weight Watchers, like they got on maybe forums or support groups and they, you know, recognize one another and they're kind of supportive. And in this case, like, it seems like I'm one blip on this journey of weight loss. I like that you mentioned that they call you numerous, but aside from that, does it feel like you're a part of this greater community or like there is some accountability to it or no? It's, it's so it's hard to tell mm -hmm. um so far no because i feel like i'm one of the younger people in the like in the group mm -hmm. so i feel like that whatever out matching algorithm kind of like missed out uh, you put yeah, like a yeah. you know a 30 something year old with like the 40 <laughs> to 50 but maybe there's just not enough of like you know my segment mm -hmm. to create that group but it's interesting you mentioned that because one of the things that i did recently that i've actually found a ton of success is um i liked some random person's twitter post that said hey add your Instagram handle to join this Instagram group for accountability so mm. we can hit 300 workouts every single, um, oh, awesome. or over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. So in tandem with like Noom and this like 300 group where we're just posting exercises has been really good for just like been nice. in this consistent thing yeah. of just hitting like workouts like 
every single like almost every single day i'm up to like 27 out of what's the 31st today so mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty um, good yeah we'll see if this sustains so this is again me you know putting the the good vibes out yeah. and half accountability <laughs> into the world but to answer your question like it's hard to separate the two for me for yeah. the community because i started both at the same time right like any good american that creates unattainable new year's resolutions i did the same so i think habit tracking overall is like that's the golden ticket for a lot of people like the problem is habits can range from eating habits to cutting out alcohol like people do dry january i'm a really bad reader and i've always wanted to read more all my reading is always short form reading so digest and like i think i'm pretty good at digest reading like scrolling through twitter or like looking through quora like i do a lot of that kind of reading but i'm a top tier reddit reader yeah exactly <laughs> reddit lurker yeah reddit, reddit lurker <laughs> but but the problem has always been like reading long form books has always been a struggle for me or like consistently reading so like I've had this goal to read one book a month, not even like a book a week for like the longest time. And I think like I've only like read like three books a year at like my peak. So um, (laughs) yeah, for me, it's like similarly uh, another competitor is just like habit tracking uh, in general. Usually they're pretty generic habit trackers, but similarly in the same vein. It's a really good point is like the the habit tracking in, Mm -hmm. in community and just that psychology behind putting it out into the world means like all the difference. I know I'm also like, I'm a definitely an avid reader. I love the app Goodreads, mm-hmm. um, which I highly recommend. If, you, if you're not on it, I'm going to send you a link, a referral link yeah, to this nice. afterwards because you can actually set a reading goal that you can publicly see among all of your friends. Mm. So you can see like, oh, like Jeff's goal is 12 books and he's read zero. And then I could be like, Jeff, like what's going on, man? But it's funny because like last year, which was 2020, which as folks listening in the future, that was coronavirus when it happened so all bets are off and i had a goal to read a book a week and i only hit like 10 books versus like the previous year i had a a goal a week one every two and i hit um like 40 some books so i Mm. thought i was on that path but a huge part of it is just like having that community and being able to post the goal and others could like it and just see it and you could say oh like mike's making progress on this goal Mm. so i think there's a lot of value there yeah i'll have to check that out um, and I think lastly, like not necessarily competitors, but in a similar space or just like traditional dietitians that you could work with or even just health coaches, whether they're, you know, on Instagram or not. But <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a health coach for sure. So um, I guess I'll give my thoughts first because I'm not actually using Noom um, and I'll let you, you know, wrap up with yours because your thoughts are probably a lot more relatable. I think it's a really good idea to gamify anything habitual. I, I like the idea of gamifying weight loss. Uh, clearly, it's an important topic for a lot of people. If you know, 49% of uh, US adults are trying to lose weight over 12 months. And similarly, it sounds like they're having success internationally and in other countries um, as well. And uh, people are, are downloading Noom and trying it out. I, I do wonder uh, if the price point is too high for a lot of people. I know I, I'm, I don't use Noom, but I know for my fitness pal, you can get premium for something like, I want to say it was like, $50 a month or something. Maybe it's $50 a year. But at the time, I was like a broke college kid and I didn't want to pay <laughs> right. for a premium. So like I, you know, I wonder if like 150 bucks for six months is, is cheap or expensive. I know if you compare it to like a gym membership, it's pretty cheap. So I'm like a little bit in, in the in between for the pricing. Uh, but I like the strategy of gamifying. And I, you know, I've mentioned before how big of a fan I am of like challenges. Like I thought Fitbit did a great job of gamifying walking just in general, just having, you know, overall fitness who would have thought? Yeah. And I think that they could do something similar here with Noom. Um, and if they can uh, tap into that market of gamifying the community and creating a sense of community around this product, I think they'll be really successful. It just doesn't sound like they're there um, right now. And it sounds like you're just kind of 
insular in, in your own weight loss journey. So um, I think overall, really good idea. I'd love to see how they make tweaks and changes over time. Uh, I'll probably give it like a four. I'll probably just leave it as a four. I think it's like a really good idea with some tweaks. I think they, they'll really take off. Yeah, for sure. So I'm also going to rate this a four star product. Um, four out of five, maybe even like a 3.9. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll draw a line in the sand. I'll go th- just below four. Where I think Noom could improve a little bit more is just with the calorie tracking and the uh, just meal tracking. And I think that's just super hard. Like it's a huge problem to solve is like, what's an easy, unpainful way to track everything that you're eating? And I don't know the answer. I mean, not until like you can snap a, I think it needs to be this. Like as soon as you can snap a photo of your food and then machine, machine learning, learning figures yeah. out, mm-hmm. yeah, figures out what is on your plate and exactly how much it is, it's always going to be a pain to calorie track. Mm -hmm. So that's like my biggest beef with like all of these products that, um, you know. Yeah, it's building that muscle or building that habit. Like I I have like three or four um, like food scales in my house because I've been doing it for so long, like tracking food. But it is really weird at first to do it. And it makes it feel like really mechanical, like when you're eating instead of just like sitting out and enjoying a meal. And then you're thinking about, you know, like, oh, is this like two tablespoons of olive oil? Right, like, right. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I just want to eat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think, I think that's like a, like a general, and I, I would love to see like better matching with the, the group coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's been interesting. I, I love like the posts that other people make and you can kind of encourage people and you can nice. just realize like, well, Hey, we're like, we're all human. And like, it's okay if we're, we're faltering a little bit and don't mm. be so hard on yourself and yeah. we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep moving forward. But so far, like I'm definitely enjoying it. So I think that the proof will be in the literal pudding. So if I'm eating pudding <laughs> 10 months, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months from now, um, or if you look like pudding, <laughs> exactly. Um, we'll see if that was a success or not. So yeah, th- 3.9 for me. And I think there's definitely room to grow there. Yeah, so I, I think I'm hesitant just because I want to see if it works and see if it's sustainable. Well, those are our thoughts on Noom and we'd love to hear from you, our audience. Uh, so feel free to sh- share with us what you thought about this episode. Uh, you can find us on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at prodx podcast. That's P R O D ex podcast yeah and if you like the show be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher etc and let us know what other products we should review next see you next episode